1: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: When you buy
0: Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the
1: iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Grid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening.
2: Folks, what's going on, Grid? This is Sports Grid.
1: Get on the grid. the window i want all of you to get up out of your chairs and go to the window open it
3: and stick your head out and yell
4: we are live at the window Fourth street network get on the grid i am drew martin going live going solo for the monday show december 23rd it's bowl bowl season we got nfl week 17 we got nba nhl we got college basketball going as well not as many games but still a lot to hit on guys uh and anybody here on youtube feel free to throw in any questions we'll get to them in the second segment um overall guys it's a uh it's a nice Monday where I am, uh, taking a Christmas vacation, quote-unquote, here in the state of Florida, not in uh, in the desert, not in Las Vegas, and Sean Guastamacchia is not aboard either. He will he will be back on Friday to break down the games. We broke down the games each and every bowl game on the slate last time on, on Friday, actually. So, uh, heck... Going after it again right now. Bowl season is in full force. We got Marshall versus UCF going right now. UCF put up three touchdowns quickly in the first quarter. The Thundering Herd have come back in the second quarter and put a seven spot on the board. So we're seeing it 21 to seven right now. And that's UCF as minus 15 and a half point favorites, 59 and a half being the total. So, uh. What, this one on pace for the over, also on pace for UCF to cover this 15-point spread. And uh, tomorrow's action, we got BYU and Hawaii on the New Year's Eve slate, and then a a bunch starting on Thursday, man. It gets really hot and heavy in bowl season Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Of course, we got the Sunday uh, NFL slate, then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It goes on and on, guys. Uh, sports betters paradise. It's one of my fa- it is my favorite week of the holiday. I think you could I, I, of the whole of the whole year. I, I think you could put this next week in terms of the sports betting calendar. You can put it up there against you know the Thursday Friday that two that two day slate at the start of March Madness. Those are probably my two favorite days. But th- I, I think this next week, you know, starting on on Wednesday, is probably my favorite week to be a sports better man. Talking about college football, which, you know, college football, college basketball are my two favorite sports. We got the NFL week 17 on Sunday, which we'll break down in full force here on the show. We're going until five o'clock before we turn it over to uh, Gabe morenzi and company. But um, yeah, that week 17 slate in the NFL, some people consider it the best Weak to be a sports better just because there's so many unknowns. There's unknowns for us on this side of the counter as the sports better, but at the same time, there's unknowns on the other side of the counter. You know these these odds makers got to be putting out lines for week 17, really unsure about who's playing. You know who's taking it seriously. You know the Ravens, they've locked up the one seed. Uh, they're going to put RG three in as the backup. To tell you the truth, wait, I, I kind of forgot that he was the backup there. But when doing some breakdown of their Week seventeen game, I'm thinking that's actually a nice transition. You know, not that, not that RG RG three was like lighting it up by all means when he was the starter back in his day, but in terms of what he brings to the table. It's it's a lot of correlation to Lamar Jackson, not saying he's on Lamar Jackson's level. But if I was going to have a backup to Lamar Jackson and still run the same system, I don't know if I would name too, too many quarterbacks before I would name RG3. Um, I guess that's an argument to be made for the unmotivated Ravens there as the already number one seed. We got Green Bay and Minnesota tonight's action in Monday Night Football. We can hit this real quick before the uh, break of the first segment here. And of course, the Vikings. At home, um, you get the Packers out of Lambeau. It, 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 this game, you know, on ESPN, like always. But Green Bay sitting at eleven and three, Minnesota just ten and four, right on their heels, really. And ATS numbers, they haven't necessarily been cashing at full force, but still making number making money for their backers. Talking about the Vikings here at home, um, just laying, you know, a short number four and a half. That's the side I'm looking. I'm not sure if I, I and I haven't bet this game yet. Kind of waiting for last minute here. But uh, Green Bay winning last time, but against the Bears. And then before that, against the Redskins, they didn't cover. They won that game, kind of an awkward scoring game, 20-15. to 15. That game did land under the total of 41.5. So they've played two straight unders here, talking about the Packers. Going up against the Vikings, who won... Each of their last two games against the L.A. Chargers, not to be confused with the San Diego Chargers. Gosh, that's another point. If if I give you an over-under of four and a half years the Chargers are playing in the city of Los Angeles, would you take the over or the under? I'd probably take the under. I really would. I think somehow they work their way out of this, and um, it's just the redheaded stepchild, man. And not to mention, I'm, I'm kind of questioning can football work in Los Angeles at the professional level for one team, let alone two teams. If you're that second team on the totem pole, the the best game they played all season in terms of atmosphere was in Mexico City. I'm still not sure why they don't want to make Mexico City home. I mean, what, it's one of the largest cities in North America. You'd have the home field advantage being in a new country. You get paid in U.S. dollars. You know, keep in mind that the Toronto Blue Jays don't get paid in Canadian dollars. They get paid in U.S. dollars. I'm sure the same thing would work down south of the border. You get paid in U.S. dollars and the exchange rate's even better down there. So I I think that there would actually be some players that would want to do it. Um, I visited Mexico City in the past year and I thought it was awesome, man. Really underrated. Not like the movies projected. Not like If you're watching too much CNN, man, you'd think Mexico City's terrible. I loved it. I thought it was a beautiful city, but... Uh, Getting a little off tangent here with the L.A. Chargers. Two straight up wins for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I'm leaning towards the home team, but at the same time, laying a number to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. The Packers, you got to keep in mind, they are 11-3, and man. That's a tough ball to roll in front of. And at the number of four and a half, you kind of, you know, you got to win by margin. That key number of three and the key number of four, not going to fall in your favor if uh, the Vikings are only able to win by a, a, a short margin there, guys. But uh, we're running up against the break. We have one more segment here to break down uh, the Monday Nighter NFL Week 17. We got college football mid-major Matt joining us for the second or the third segment on the show. So uh, that will be fun stuff, guys. we got a break coming up, short break here. Come back and join us. Sports Grid TV network, Get on the Grid. We are back. We are live. I am Drew Martin on Twitter at Drew Martin. That's this is At the Window. I'm going solo today. Monday. Happy Monday. Felice. I forgot what Monday is for our Spanish listeners. It's not Viernes, so that's Happy Friday. Anyway, thinking off the top of my head here, coming to you live from the state of Florida, outside of the desert, usually from Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh Sean Guasamaquia, not with me he is uh taking a couple days off very very uh deserved for him we got sean behind the scenes on the ones and twos coming in so we're going uh mostly college football in nfl we got the nfl game tonight green bay at minnesota i'm kind of leaning towards minnesota minus four in the hook at home i've better grip against green bay i think once maybe twice this season hasn't hasn't done well for me so uh Kind of going tentatively here, but if you're watching on YouTube, feel free to uh, chime in in the chat and uh, let me know what you're betting and why. Heck, might jump on with you. feel like it's the Monday nighter, you know, got to have something. But UCF on top of Marshall as we talk right now. Um, this is, uh, yeah, UCF minus 15 right now. They're up 21 to 7. So they're not necessarily covering, but on pace to cover. And it is on pace to hit the over with about three minutes left in the first quarter in bowl season. Guys, we got a good one on Christmas Eve, BYU in Hawaii. And of course, this is a game, you know, all degenerates out there will kind of resonate with me. You know, you're at your uh, Christmas Eve party with your family, with your friends, and you got to have a little action on the game on, uh, on Christmas Eve night. And we're seeing minus one and a half BYU, seeing some minus twos out there as well, 64 being the total. And of course, this is a singled out game, man. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of tickets written on this. Uh, Odds makers are ready. Uh, we'll have mid major Matt on talking about it, but did want to give a couple thoughts out here. I love what Nick Rolovich has been able to do with this Hawaii program. Um, no, no, no matter which co- which quarterback is going to be playing, Cordero or uh, Cole McDonald. Cole McDonald is turning the ball over. He's been a turnover machine, but uh, he does have talent and he knows the system. You know, he throws it deep. He hits him a bunch. I love their offense, their playmakers on the outside. I really give an advantage towards the Rainbow Warriors. But the offensive and defensive fronts are what worry me with BYU Hawaii matchup. If you're looking to back the Warriors, I'm kind of a little bit worried about them standing up, you know, with their offensive and defensive lines just because think about the t- the, the the team that beat them. It beat them twice actually, Boise State. They 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 beat them down. They really You know, showed who was the superior unit in both the Mountain West Championship game and the regular season matchup, and that's what kind of worries me because I could see BYU kind of taking it to Hawaii in that in that regard. However, Hawaii is at home, and they're one of two bowl teams to actually have home games for their bowl game. The first one was FAU, and FAU, you know, this is one where the so-called smart money, the sharp money was dead wrong dead wrong you know that that number moved from even at at a point it was pickem FAU versus SMU To it finished, you know, SMU at some shops was minus a full touchdown. So a full touchdown move towards SMU over FAU. And FAU was the absolute right side, a total beatdown. That was something like 50 to 14, something of that nature. And it it, it was the right side from the get-go. FAU was the superior unit, the more motivated unit. Watching the game, I was there. In the Boca Bowl, it was a fun atmosphere, and that they were the more talented team. They had the better quarterback. They had the better defensive line. I mean, looking at it, you're like, man, what did these so-called sharps see? Now, was it just motivation? Definitely could have been. I mean, Lane Kiffin leaving, but um, overall, a lot of the coordinators were still there. And that's why, you know, a lot of the mainstream media will concentrate on is the head coach returning, you know, especially like a profile like Lane Kiffin, but a lot of it is in the coordinator. So that's a good reminder there. But breaking this game down, you know, and with the reason I brought up the FAU game is because they were the other home team playing their bowl game. And it showed, I think it really helped them. And so we're going to have Hawaii here playing a home game for their bowl game. We got BYU traveling some distance. And I know there's kids on BYU's roster from the state of Hawaii. And I also know that BYU is the oldest team in Division I college football, FBS-level college football here, because a lot of their their kids go on these two-year Mormon missions and come back, and they're two years older. You know, it is what it is, more of a man, however you want to make that argument. I think that there is an angle there. But still, I think that the home field here for the Rainbow Warriors is worth something. And we've seen Hawaii, you know, against the spread Depending what numbers you've got, I'm right around 500. I have them at eight and six, but um, BYU, you know, they've been overpriced all year long. Just four and eight ATS. I know they're seven and five straight up, but uh, they've been a money burner all season long, uh, losing twice as many games as winning. They lost to San Diego State their last time out. That's not a really you know get up and go offense in San Diego State. And when you look at BYU's wins. It's Tennessee way back in the beginning of the season. We remember the downward spiral Tennessee was on. They beat USC, too, the Trojans. So their two best wins, you know, in terms of who they're playing, an SEC and a Pac-12 school, were back in week two and week three of the season. So when you go to power rate teams like that, I think it gets kind of tricky, and you can almost use it against them. You know, they got blown out by Washington. They lost to Toledo and South Florida. Those are two weak teams. Two teams not going to be bowling. That's a Mac team in Toledo, by the way, that they lost to. They did beat Boise State. And that's the, the real kind of worry here. Because I think I'm going to get to the window with Hawaii. Haven't yet personally. I have took them in, you know, contests and, uh, you know, like uh, anything you kind of get in for free. I've been on Hawaii. I haven't bet them personally. Likely will, if I'm being honest here. But, uh They also beat Utah State. That was a banged up Utah State team. They beat Liberty only by a touchdown, by the way. And that Liberty team, you know, up front isn't anything to kind of worry about. Idaho State, who are they? I don't know. UMass, uh, you can make the argument the Minutemen were the worst team in all of college football. Definitely a bottom three team in terms of power rating. They beat down on UMass. And then they lost to San Diego State. So not much of a resume. I guess you could point to the USC and Tennessee games. But that was a long time ago. And on the Hawaii side, you know, you take Boise State out of the mix. This is a this is only a, a, a this is a nine and three Hawaii team, nine and three. If they don't play Boise State twice, which Boise State, you know, the they were the best team in the Mountain West going away. This is a team that beat down Army, you know, also beat San Diego State, the team that uh, BYU lost to. I don't know. I'm looking towards the Rainbow Warriors here guys. I really am. I am worried up front and I don't like betting on the team that's going to have going to be up against it on the offensive and defensive lines, but still I think home field advantage, coaching advantage, quarterback advantage, uh playmakers on the outside advantage, plus you're getting two points, put it in your pocket with the home team. That's my advice. I'm Hawaii. Rainbow Warriors and the Christmas Eve matchup, which is going to have a lot of tickets written on it. It might even be a smart, smart play here to wait. I'm just not so sure that Hawaii doesn't take the money here. I would say wait right before kickoff because, you know, a lot of people are going to see a move and then just jump on it. But it might actually go towards Hawaii now that I'm thinking about it. So I don't know if waiting would be the best decision to make here, guys. But tonight's game, Green Bay, Minnesota, leaning towards the Vikings. Don't really feel strong about it. Kind of lean towards the under as well. I was talking to Teddy Covers earlier. He was on uh, the show before with Ralph Michaels. And uh, he kind of made some points towards the under. You know, Green Bay has been a slight trend towards the under. Both defensive fronts. Let's see, opponent yards per play, six and five and a half. Not great, but not terrible. Both teams, you know, pretty good in terms of turnovers, which tends to help the under as well, so... I think, I think that's the way I'm going. We'll get mid-major Matt's opinion on it for tonight's game. UCF with the ball in the red zone right now against Marshall. Coming up against it under one minute left in the college football game. 21-7 to 7, UCF on top of Marshall as 15-point favorites. They got the ball in the red zone as we speak. But, guys, we got a break coming up. We got mid-major Matt from sportsmemo.com. On the other side. So we'll get his opinion on uh, the NFL game, some college football as well. So come back and join us on the other side. This is Sports Grid TV Network. Get on the grid. Short break. We'll be right back, guys. We are back at the Windows Sports Grid TV Network. Get on the grid. Get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this show can get a deposit bonus up to $500. Here's how it works. Create a DraftKings Sportsbook account. Two, make a deposit. Three, place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it. With a 50% bonus up to $500, this offer is eligible for all users. Plus, new users will get a risk-free bet up to $200. Go to sportsgrid.com forward slash dk to play. That's sportsgrid.com forward slash dk to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Guys, segment three is here. My favorite guest at Mid-Major Matt for today. Follow him on Twitter at Mid-Major Matt. His work at SportsMemo.com. Welcome in, Mid-Major Matt. How you doing, man?
3: Doing good, Drew. How are you?
4: I'm doing good. We got Mid-Major Matt there in the state of Virginia. He's a uh, sports betting aficionado, like in uh, college football, college basketball. Knows the NFL as well. Uh, Um, mid-major Matt, what are you feeling today, man? What do you want to talk?
3: Well, uh, I think it's interesting, you know, watching this, uh, this Gasparilla ball and seeing what's going on with Marshall and how they're, uh, they started out really slow and, you know, look, 24 seven around halftime is not a bad score there for potentially the under. If you think that the turnovers stop uh, happening, I'll be interested to see what the halftime line is for this game.
4: Yeah, no, no, that's an interesting point, because the over-under, I mean, 24-7 puts it at, what, 31? The over-under was right bouncing around 60 anyway, so it's kind of like on pace there. But you're right. You know, anytime UCF plays, especially with the freshman quarterback, they uh, with the extra bowl practices. But going up against that Marshall defense, you know, that was a Marshall defense that was good all year long. Um, Matt, I know we talked earlier you know, about uh, this BYU-Hawaii game, Christmas Eve. A lot of tickets written on this one. It's going to be a fun one. I just broke it down earlier. But um, if you had to make a bet on BYU versus Hawaii, which way would you go?
3: Well, see, so uh, as we talked about, you know, look, this is going to be one of the sharpest games there is on Vegas because they know how many people are going to bet this game. There's not a lot going on, and there's a lot of people who are just going to bet this no matter what. Um, It's a rivalry game. These two teams don't like each other, and for BYU, it's an opportunity to strengthen themselves in a, a recruiting area And, you know, look, there's a lot of things that you could think of when it comes to these Hawaii games. Teams that go to Hawaii, whether or not they deal with the beach and they, they, you know, are distracted by that stuff. I don't think BYU is going to be distracted by that stuff. So it's the flash and it's everything that uh, Hawaii brings versus the grittiness of BYU and whichever side you think it's going to win. If you think that BYU is going to push Hawaii around, that BYU is going to win this game rather easily. They've won the last two meetings between these two the last two years. If you think the flash and, uh, you know, Cole McDonald and that sexy offense of Hawaii is going to win, then you think that they're just going to be able to get the ball out quick enough to negate BYU's pass rush.
4: Yeah, I I I 100% agree with that analysis there, Matt. And follow him on Twitter at Mid Matt. He knows college football guys as good as anybody, especially small conference college football. Um, you know, we talk, uh, we say small conference, but really it's it's encompassing of uh, really the mid majors, the AAC, and he's in ACC territory. He, uh, he he works for, for ESPN Richmond there. If you're in the state of Virginia, give him a listen. Um, He's on air there at ESPN Richmond. Also, his work at sportsmemo.com. There's another one here that I know you know a lot about, Matt, and it's the first game on the board Friday, December 27th. We're talking UNC and Temple. We got UNC laying four and a half, 53 the total in this one. Do you have a feel for UNC Temple? You, you, UNC versus Temple, you interested in betting this one?
3: Well, if you go off of the coach's past history, then you look at Rod Carey, who's struggled in bowl games tremendously under uh, at Northern Illinois. And if you go, Mac Brown's been very good in bowl games. I think UNC. I think UNC is either you know really lucky because they've been in so many close games and won a lot of them, or they're due for some regression. Really, this is a fourth quarter team, though. They play slow to start. Uh, you know, they've had some slow starts, but Sam Howell's been one of the best quarterbacks. In crunch time, so maybe this is a live betting situation. Temple gets up early. Maybe Sam Howell looks good, and you could get in late and and take UNC for the comeback. But two good teams. This will be a very good game on uh, on Friday.
4: Matt, well, another one I want to get your opinion on a team that I know you've uh, you've watched a lot. Memphis, the Memphis Tigers versus Penn State Nittany Lions. It's AAC versus Big Ten, which kind of brings a interesting handicap in itself. Of course. Uh, this one in Arlington, Texas—a pretty big bowl game here. Memphis sitting at twelve and one versus ten and two Penn State. Uh, Memphis catching seven, of course, without their head coach. But are, are you interested in in possibly the Memphis Tigers with that explosive offense catching seven points?
3: Well, we've seen Penn State's secondary struggle the last couple games. You know, they look poor against Minnesota. They look poor against Ohio State. Uh, I I think that's where Memphis is going to get their advantage if they have any sort of advantage. But remember, Memphis lost their left tackle, which is one of their best positions. Uh, They lost their coach. Uh, Now, granted, they made a smooth transition over to Silverfield as their new head coach. But, like, there's a lot to consider here. I think the over is probably the better play. I think uh, Penn State can get whatever they want on this defense. I saw Tulsa move up and down the field on them. I saw Louisiana Monroe move up and down the field on them. So, like, I, I think the over is probably the better play because we don't know how focused Penn State's going to be for a game like this on that day.
4: Yeah, it, it's always tough to kind of the Big Ten team playing an AAC team. Are they going to be too, too focused? Uh, it's kind of a tough one there. Matt, I want to ask you a question about um, a team that I know you know a lot about right there in your area, Virginia. They're on the road, or I say on the road, they're in the Orange Bowl against Florida. Of course, uh, the Florida Gators are a little bit closer to Miami Gardens than Charlottesville, Virginia. We're seeing 14.5 and 54.5 being the total. What are you thinking here in the Orange Bowl?
3: Well, the Virginia fans are pointing to this as like a big three of sorts. So, you know, They're a big opportunity to show the world what they're made out of. Well, game one, they failed at least uh, in the second half. Look, the first half, the first quarter, they punched Clemson in the mouth. Clemson probably didn't take them very seriously. Virginia emptied out the playbook and took a lead early, and then Clemson woke up and said, okay, we're better than you. This is probably going to be another one of those situations. I know Florida uh, is without their number one corner, C.J. Henderson. Uh, I-, I think Virginia could get some points here. Look, Florida is really good defensively, but I think Virginia, with Bryce Perkins, it should be able to get a few points here and there. Once again, I think the over is worth a look here. Kyle Trask should have a huge game, and if you're in DFA, Maybe you look at Kyle Trask as a, as a quarterback to build around your roster there. Because Virginia's on like their eighth and ninth corners with uh, Bryce Hall out and a couple of other guys banged up. Uh, I think Virginia puts forth a good effort. It probably won't be good enough against a focused SEC team, unlike last year when South Carolina clearly didn't want to be in that bowl game.
4: Matt, great stuff, man. And guys, uh, he obviously knows his college football. Um, follow him on Twitter, at MidMajorMatt. His work at Sports Memo com. Check them out there as well. Um, Matt, I was at the Boca Bowl with one of my one of my buddies, and uh, he's a sports betting guy. He always comes up with uh, these interesting angles. And we were talking about the ticket prices for the Orange Bowl. And of course, the University of Florida has a big contingency of alumni in Dayton, Broward, Palm Beach County. They're going to be able to fill the seats. He also made the argument, and I think you'd be a good person to ask, That Virginia is going to fill the seats and they're motivated for this bowl game. But he also brought up the fact that I wanted to get your opinion on this. Does the University of Virginia have the wealthiest fan base? He seemed to think so, that they're just going to like fill up the stadium and be able to pay whatever ticket prices. Have you ever heard that that the University of Virginia is the wealthiest fan base in Division one football?
3: No, I've not heard that. Um I, I, I mean they have a lot of wealthy alums, but I think a lot of places have a lot of wealthy alums. I mean, you look at some of the big guys, they I, I believe um I believe Michael Creighton or one of those big time writers is from there. I, I think that they'll fill it up anyway, because it's a good opportunity. You go to Florida around new year's. Like I think that it's a sexy bowl destination and a fan base that's excited for their success. So I think those are some of the keys you have to consider when you're talking about stuff like that, that they're, you know, this is a long time coming for them and it's a good bowl trip. It's not like they're going to some random city in the Southeast or the Midwest or something. They're going to, to Florida and they're going to, yeah, they'll pack it out. They won't have more than Florida will, but there'll certainly be plenty of people there. Yeah, it'll also
4: be a little bit tough to tell with the colors. I guess uh, Virginia's a little bit darker blue. We do have a question here in the chat box. Appreciate that from Mac from uh, Mike Zard asking why is Western Kentucky favored over Western Michigan? And of course, he's talking about the Monday, December thirtieth matchup, twelve thirty Eastern kick. Western Michigan and Western Kentucky, Western Kentucky minus three in the hook right now, 54 and a half being the total. This is the battle of the West, Matt. We only got about a minute left in the show here. Uh, well, I guess for Mike's question, why, why is Western Kentucky favored over Western Michigan, Matt?
3: Well, Western Kentucky's defense is ridiculous. It's legit. D'Angelo Malone is probably one of the best defensive players that nobody talks about. Western Kentucky simply has the best unit here. They're going to be happy to be there. Um, I know it's a MAC opponent, but, you know, when you have a defense that good, I think that's something you can build upon, and that's certainly why they're favored here. I like them on the money line. I'd pair them off with somebody else maybe if you like them, but I definitely think this Western Kentucky team is the better squad. Western Michigan has beaten up on a lot of terrible MAC defenses, and that's probably why they have such good numbers as they do.
4: All right. He's Mid-Major Matt. Follow him on Twitter at Mid-Major Matt. His work at sportsmemo.com. Matt, anything else you want to throw out there before we shut this down?
3: No. uh, Happy bowl season to everybody. And uh, just uh, as you said, follow me on Twitter and we can certainly uh, keep you updated on all the major news leading up to all these bowls coming up.
4: Hey, Matt, real quick. Where does this FCS championship number come out? I know you're a big FCS guy.
3: I'm guessing North Dakota State's a slight favor based on uh, previousness and based on how good they are. I think JMU's the best team in the country, and I think they win this game on uh, in, late, in mid-January.
4: Boom. The talk, it's talking the FCS championship. He's a big FCS championship guy, uh, knows the FCS ranks, knows the college football ranks really all over the board. So big shout-out to mid-major Matt. Busy time right now for him in bowl season. Uh, big better there for him. On Twitter, at MidMajorMatt is work at SportsMemo.com. So, Matt, thanks to you guys. we got a short break. We'll be right back. Sports Grid TV Network. Get on the grid.
0: basic.com.
4: We are back. We are live. Sports Grid TV Network. Get on the grid. This is at the window. I am Drew Martin on Twitter at Drew Martin bets and uh, guys. Remember to find us on YouTube at Sports Grid Network. All fantasy and sports wagering all the time. And on Instagram at Sports Grid TV. Um, I'm here solo throughout the show till five o'clock Eastern Time. Hand it over to Gabe Morinzi and company i believe cam stewart as well to break down uh some more sports betting opinion here we got uh the monday nighter tonight it's a it's a big one the packers and the vikings seeing about a four and a half point spread here towards the vikings at home of course the packers pretty nice straight up record here 11 and three man that is impressive Sometimes you don't you don't really think, it's not like a lot of people are talking about Green Bay like they have in, in, in the past. We're also seeing some fours out there as well. It's just not all the way across the board, four and a half, but 11 and three, nine and five against the spread, small trenders towards the under at six and eight, and uh, Minnesota pretty much the opposite, eight and six, small trenders towards the over, seven and seven ATS, eight and six, depending what you got them at the closing line, and 10 and four, Straight up. So the Monday nighter here, I kind of lean towards the Vikings, but uh, even more so, I like the under. Nothing too crazy. I'm more into the uh, college football bowl slate, to tell you the truth, firing away on that. We got UCF up 24 to 7 over the Marshall Thundering, Hole, Thundering Herd Excuse me, in the Gasparilla Bowl. We also got some people in the chat box. If you're watching on YouTube, feel free to chime in. Throw out there whatever you're you're betting and why. Feel free to ask any questions. Feel free to call the show. We'll take a, we'll take a call or two. If you got any questions or want to throw out any opinions, more than welcome. Call in the show. Throw it out there in the chat box. We got Mike Zard saying the crowd is overflowing in Tampa. Laugh out loud. They must think it's a Rays game. I'm guessing he's joking there. Doing the show, can't watch it live. But, uh, oh, man, Tampa Bay Rays with that. With that uh, home crowd in MLB, man, that is one of the worst. I still can't believe that a major league baseball team plays baseball in that stadium. That that's pretty wild. And uh, think think about all the money, all the new stadiums being built around the country, around the world, and uh, there is an MLB team calling that place home. That's that's pretty that's pretty down there, man. And and people want to blame like, oh, Florida fans don't don't. Follow their team. They don't fill the stadium. I don't look at that stadium.
1: Like,
4: I don't know if if what has a strong like Pittsburgh has strong fan base. You know, New York has strong fan base, whatever you want to make the argument. I don't know that they all have better stadiums than the than the Tampa Bay Rays do. Uh, I I think the Rays should have done that half the games in Tampa, half the half the games in Montreal. I thought that would have been kind of cool. But uh, yeah, guys, feel free to call in. 347-767-6614 toll-free number sports grid get on the show right now feel free to call in that number is 347-767-6614 get you live on air any opinions questions bets you want to throw out there and why we'll have you on here. But uh yeah, that that raised stadium, man, that is bad. And that's where this game is right now. Marshall versus UCF Gasparilla Bowl, Tampa Bay. Uh, I believe it's actually in St. Petersburg. I'm not really sure. Either way, we, we got it, It's funny because I live next to Allegiant Stadium, which is being built as we speak. They're putting the roof on it, I believe this week. Uh, and, I, and that's the new Raiders Stadium in Las Vegas. I, I think it's like over a billion dollars, something like that. It looks really nice. Like on the outside, it's all this same color, like uh, dark gray, uh, reflective material of some sort. It's not really my forte there, architecture and uh, construction, but uh, it looks really nice. Um, should have a roof, for maybe it's it's retractable. I'm not sure. I hope it's retractable because for a large portion of the football season in Las Vegas is beautiful weather. You know, Las Vegas in, you know, September, October, even in November is 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 really nice weather. So I would like it if they could open that stadium up for the Raiders, but uh, I'm not so sure that it will be. I'm sure that costs a lot more instead of just a uh, a dome of some sort. But um, either way, it will be fun to have the Raiders in Vegas, guys. Um, I think they're going to be really good as a business, You know, when when you start thinking about NFL teams and their fan base, if they're, you know, a hardcore NFL fan base, like a lot of my friends uh, growing up in South Florida, they'll pick a a Dolphins game and go to that like one away game. And sure enough, when the Raiders are playing another, you know, playing their schedule and they got eight home games, that's obviously eight NFL teams away games. I would bet the majority of the away team fan base is going to be picking The Las Vegas game is the game that they want to go to. So I think tickets are going to be at a premium. And that's not only something, you know, for the first year. I think that's going to be reoccurring year after year. People are going to want to visit the entertainment capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada. So I I do think that, that, that the Raiders as a franchise are going to be doing very well. I mean, we've seen it in the NHL they're on what year 3 i might be off on that but uh they they're doing really well i mean they're filling that arena each and every night um i i wouldn't be surprised if an mlb game, if an mlb team kind of follows suit here you know talking about the rays if the rays don't get a new stadium they need to get the heck out of there cuz they're not going to be doing very well and it's nothing against tampa bay you know our our tampa listeners out there might be thinking i'm talking bad about them but really It's that stadium and where it's built and how bad it is. I've been there. It's terrible to take in a a baseball game. So, heck, move them out to Las Vegas, move them to Mexico City, whatever works. Ah, I digress, guys. Hey, I wanted to throw out a, a, a game that I really like here. Thursday, December 26th. Miami Hurricanes versus the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. This is ACC versus Conference USA. If you like betting underdogs and you like sprinkling something on the money line, I would lead you to the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs under Skip Holtz. I believe he's 5-0 and his last five bowl games coached, which coaching in bowl games is huge, even more than regular season in college football, which is already huge. This is the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana, which is an hour ride down I-20, I-20 ride which is a country music song for all the country music fans out there. They're going to take an I-20 ride, one hour, the fan base, from campus to Shreveport, Louisiana. And they're going to be facing the Miami Hurricanes, which, let's face it, guys, the odds makers were off by, what, 45 points in their last two games. Miami lost to Duke and FIU. They were favored by a combined... 29 points over Duke and FIU. They lost both of those games outright. The spread was off by 45 points. That You rarely see that in a two-game span with odds makers. So if you were fading the Miami Hurricanes, not only were you winning, cashing, if you got alternative lines, you were winning and cashing those, that means that the power ratings are just off on the Miami Hurricanes. And it also brings in the question of motivation. Miami Hurricanes' motivation, now you're going to add in the fact it's a bowl game. So now you got a bunch of practices to get a bunch of, what, 19- to 24-year-olds motivated for a bowl game. They're going to be leaving South Florida and going to be going up to the middle of Louisiana, where it's projected to be uh, in the mid-50s on the 26th, high 50s anyway. Still, it's not terrible, but overall it's it's not what a bunch of South Florida kids want to go visit they would rather just stay in Miami Gardens I'm sure and this is a Louisiana Tech team that outside of FAU I think you could make the argument is the most talented conference USA team there is. their quarterback March he, he was out two of the big games that they lost to you know their losses against Marshall their losses against uh, I believe UAB. He was out. If, the, if they win those two games, they might win the whole, the, the whole conference. They didn't play FAU in the regular season, so they didn't get a chance at the champs. But this is a team that, overall, you know, they have some good wins on their schedule. They, they beat North Texas. They beat Southern Miss. They beat FIU. FIU beat Miami. You know, the, the, the matchups here are... Um, You know, very much favoring Louisiana Tech. Skip Holtz's coaching record in bowl games. I think the wrong team is actually favored here, guys. I bet Louisiana Tech, well, really, I bet him plus eight and a half. I bet him plus seven. I bet him plus six and a half some more just because I kept finding new information and the line kept moving. I I just kept wanting to get more on Louisiana Tech. It's my biggest bet of the bowl season. I also grabbed him plus 210 on the money line. That's down to about plus 190. I think Louisiana Tech. Wins covers wins outright. I think that they're the, they're they're the side here. Uh, Miami's really all over the place. They got guys sitting now. Manny Diaz obviously not, you know, really experienced in being the head coach in bowl season. His first bowl as a as a, a, as the head coach of the Miami Hurricanes. I think Louisiana Tech's the side here, guys. Plus six now you can get them in the marketplace. There's even a plus six and a half out there at some places in Las Vegas right now. I'd go with that. Looking down the card here, we got the playoff games as well. Um, want to touch on this. I think LSU, Oklahoma, I actually wouldn't be surprised if LSU comes out a little flat. You know, we've seen this before. The number one team, the Heisman Trophy winner, the number one power rated team. This is a, they've been patted on the back now for, for near a month, guys. And They're thinking they're the best, most likely, and they're going up against, you know, little old Oklahoma here, a weak four seed with uh, it. Really, they just needed somebody to fill the slot. It was the big three. And then somebody got that four seed. I wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma comes out here. Lincoln Riley and, and company with a couple a couple plays that LSU hasn't seen on camera. They might break one or two and you know get a touchdown or two early i'm not looking to bet lsu in the first half let's put it that way if i'm betting lsu it's for the full game and heck it's only you know it is a two touchdown spread and lsu is well within the means to cover a two two touchdown spread here minus 13 and a half so if they get right on that number of 14 your bayou's Bengals ticket is likely going to cash and i could see that happening in the third and fourth quarter Uh, This LSU defense towards the end of the season, when they got healthy, was strong, really strong, really strong up front. I don't think Oklahoma is going to be able to kind of light them up all game long. I think they uh, might catch them off guard in the beginning of the game. But uh, after that, I I, I think LSU is going to be able to settle in and cover this. But first half, I would shy away from LSU. I think they might come out a little flat. Clemson, Ohio State. We got minus two on Clemson, 63 being the total. I like Clemson here as well. I think this is a tough power rating game, guys, just because Clemson, you know, you look who they played and who they beat. And since that UNC game, man, they have just been on an ATS tear. We're talking this Clemson team has won what? Four straight against the number? Seven of the last eight since the UNC game? They've won seven of the last eight against the spread, guys. A lot of people aren't talking about that. That's a heck of a run here for Clemson. I mean, who have they played? You could make that argument. I believe they've played what? How many bowl teams have they played? Texas A&M, UNC, Florida State's in a bowl, Louisville, Boston College, Wake Forest, Virginia. That's seven. I don't know. Is NC State in a bowl? can't really think off the top of my head here, but seven or eight bowl teams, that's not terrible. I know the ACC is kind of down, but, heck, cashing seven of your eight last games against the number is uh, pretty impressive here for the Clemson Tigers. So I think Clemson minus two, going with the two favorites. I guess it's kind of a square play. It is what it is. Best bets. Final thoughts. Up next, guys. Come back and join us. Sports Grid TV Network. Get on the grid
0: basic.com.
4: We are live at the window. I am Drew Martin. Follow me on Twitter at DrewMartinBets. This is Sports Grid TV Network. Get on the grid. Final segment here before uh, Mr. Gabe morenzi the legend himself, from New York City takes over. Uh, we got Monday night, Monday night football, of course. We also got uh, college football, the bowl game going on right now. Uh, guys, it's just an appetizer before it gets uh, real juicy starting, what, Friday, December 27th? Oh, man, Friday, December 27th, we got five bowl games. We got four bowl games on Saturday. We got the full Sunday Week 17 slate, which is a crazy Crazy day, really, for sports betting. You don't know where these lines are going. You just kind of, kind of fire away. Then we got four bowl games on Monday, five bowl games on Tuesday, December 31st. That's New Year's Eve. Then we got four more on New Year's Day. Oh. Sports Betters Paradise. This is uh bowl week in full force now as UCF starts to put down on the gas pedal. We're seeing the Golden Knights go up 31 to 7 over the Marshall Thundering Herd in the Gasparilla Bowl in the home that the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Yes, the Devil Rays call home Tropicana Field. Minus 15. UCF looking not uh, comfortable if you're on that side there guys. We got final thoughts and best bets for tonight. I'll tell you guys um on the Monday nighter if you're if you're needing some action and for whatever reason you're going my way I'm going on the under 47 and a half is the way I would look here it's uh being pushed down to mostly 47s right now but 47 and a half is out there in the marketplace I would go Green Bay Minnesota under 47 and a half and I don't think I'm going to be able to talk to anybody out there on the wind at the window so for my best bet though Louisiana Tech Bulldogs plus six, plus six and a half if you can find it. Sprinkle some on the money line. I don't think the Miami Hurricanes show up at all. Motivating a, a bunch of South Florida kids to go up against you know, Louisiana Tech uh, an hour drive from their campus. No way. Louisiana Tech plus six and a half. Guys, hopefully you enjoyed the show. I am Drew Martin on Twitter at DrewMartinBets. Gabe Morency coming up next. Stay tuned. Sports Creek TV Network. Get on the grid.
1: At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.